Amen. Well, I know some of you are sitting out there and, and uh, you said, $7,500, where are we going to find $7,500? Are you worried about $7,500? <laughs> Tell you a story. A couple years ago, we had some missionaries in here, actually a year and a half ago. And in that service, we talked about as a church, the missionary got up and some of the leadership came to me immediately after the service and said, Pastor, we're going to build a church in Africa, and it was $5,000. So we decided as a church that we're going to give $5,000. The next Sunday, I mentioned in the service that we were going to give $5,000 to missions. And a visitor who was here one time walked up to me after the service, handed me a check for $5,000, and I've never seen them again. They're from out of town. Don't worry about stuff like that. This is God's deal. God will do what, how he, what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. There's an old pastor, a black pastor that... He said, you know what? God can heal you with a potato chip if he wants to. God can do whatever he wants to do. Our job is to be faithful and trust him. And you know what I've also learned about God? He's not early. He's not late. He's right on time. So we're not going to be in fear. We're going to be in faith. We're going to say, God, do what you do because we trust you. And it's going to be great. So zero doubt up here. You have your Bibles this morning? All right, lift them up. Make this declaration after me. This is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I believe that. Amen. It is true, isn't it? Absolutely true. Well, this is the second part of the series, Seeds, Weeds, and Needs. This is a two-week series that kind of came up with that I wanted to share with you guys through some things that God was talking to me about. I believe that every time we come to church, really every time you open the Bible, whether you're here or at home or wherever you are, God wants to speak to you through his word. And I believe that there are some of you here today that really need to hear this because we're going to talk about different kinds of soil today. And the big question today as we go into this sermon is I want you to think about as I'm talking about the different types of soil, there's four different types of soil that we're going to talk about today, and you're one of the four. So I'm just going to tell you up front, you're one of these four types of soil, and the question is, which one are you? And when you identify which soil you have, then the next question is, what are you going to do about it? Okay, so I want you to think about that today. Mark 4, verse 26, he, Jesus, also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Jesus compared the kingdom of God with, with the planting of seed and the reaping of harvest. Jesus compared the kingdom of God with the planting of seed and the reaping of harvest. So here's the question. Why aren't, why aren't all of us producing bumper crops in our lives? Or, maybe a better question is, what kind of crop are you producing in your life? I don't know what I'm doing. Is that me, Marty? Hee-hee. <laughs> My Janet Jackson headset's not working right. There we go. Let's give Marty a big hand. <laughs> Good to go now. There I am. This is like NASCAR, 
You know what I'm talking about? The changing of the tires? We change microphones. Check, check. There we go. Yay. Good job, Marty. All right, bumper crop. Thank you, Trish. <laughs> Who's that? That was Monica. Thank you, Monica. All right. Why aren't all of us producing bumper crops? Or are, are in our lives, are we producing a good crop? Simple question. If you look at the result of your life right now, what kind of results are you getting? Are you getting good results in your life? Are you happy? where your life is right now, do you feel like that your life is producing good fruit or not? Simple question, where are you? And if you're not producing good fruit in your life, if the result of what you want in your life is not coming, then you need to make some changes. But here, here's the next thing. Many of us don't produce a bumper crop or we don't produce the crop that we want because we're sitting around waiting for God to do all the work. We're not producing the crop that we want, and it's because we're sitting back, we're sitting on that bench, and we're sitting there, and we're waiting for God to do all the work. Well, God, if you want to change me, change me. God, if you're going to bless me, just bless me, God. I'm just going to sit here and wait for something to happen. Let me tell you what. And I mentioned this last week, but it bears repeating. If you invite me over to your house to come see your garden, and I walk outside, and you're standing with the rake, and you're standing there beside the garden, and there's just a bunch of dirt. And I say, what did you plant? Well, I didn't plant anything. What am I going to think? Call 911, the loony bin, send it now. There's no crop being produced because you don't have any seeds planted in the ground. And so for our lives, the the seeds that are produced, the the fruit that's produced from our lives has to be from good seed that comes up. So if we're getting a bad result in our life, it's probably because we planted some bad seeds, isn't it? And so we've got to look at that. But I want to tell you, today we're going to talk about soil. And the soil really represents your life or your heart. And, you know, when I was growing up, we we had... uh, the place we lived in Waxahachie, I think we had about 70 or 80 acres, and we farmed about 50 acres of it. And so I learned a little bit about crops and soil and seed time and harvest and all those things. And here's one thing that I really do know. The quality of your soil makes all the difference. The quality of your soil makes all the difference. And we would fertilize, and we would go out there and put different kinds of, we would test that soil, and we would find out what kind of, you know, different microbes or whatever else was in the soil, and then we would give the soil what it needed through chemicals or whatever, fertilizer, whatever it needed. Why? Because it was deficient in certain areas. But we had to identify what the soil was first so that we didn't add things it didn't need and didn't take, take things out that it had. And that's your life. What kind of soil are you? Listen, Mark 4, verse 3 through 9 and, and li- I love the way Jesus starts this. What's the first word? With what? An exclamation point. Let me ask you a question. If Jesus came and talked to you, will you think you'd listen to him? If he said, listen, exclamation point, what do you think you better do? 
Really listen. Why don't you put really right in front of that? Really listen. Pay attention. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered the seed across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Here's my point today. God wants us to produce amazing fruit in our lives, but where the seed is planted matters. Where the seed is planted matters. So the question is, what type of soil are you? And we're going to go through the four different types that Jesus talked about. And as I'm going through this, I want you to self-evaluate. Nobody has to know, but you need to ask yourself the question as we're reading this scripture, which one of these am I? Okay. So here's number one. The farmer plants the seed by taking God's words to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. So number one is the footpath. Number one is the footpath. How many of you would plant seed on a footpath? Concrete slab. How many of you would go plant seed on a concrete slab? Anybody? Good, thank you. You know, what's going to happen if you go out there and put seed on a concrete slab? It's not going to grow, is it? And what's going to happen, like it says in the scripture here, that the birds of the air swooped in because it was laying on top of the ground. It's on a flat place. It was easy to find. The birds swooped in and took the seed. The farmer plants the seed by taking God's words to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. And maybe that's you. And here's how I would equate this in church. These are people that just show up to church a couple times a year. It's not an indictment. It's just a fact. And I'm up here this morning spreading the seed of the word. God's word is going forth, and it's the seed, and it's going out there. And people that really don't want to hear it, they're like that flat place. And the seed's landing there, but there's no soil for it to take root. And they walk out of this place, and within 24 hours, it's gone. Satan just swoops in and sweeps it up and takes it out and it's gone. That's the first one. So is that you today? And I put in my notes, the seed never had a chance. Never had a chance. Number two, rocky soil. (laughs) Rocky soil. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Does anyone around here have rocky soil at their place? Come on, be honest. I mean, my word. When I read that, everybody went, oh, yeah. I get that. I've got rocky soil at my place. Well, you know what you do? Let's say you go out to a pasture and you're going to put a garden in and you're looking out at it and it's it's. Nothing, it hasn't been touched. What's the first thing you're going to do as far as rocks go? Which, which rocks are you looking at first? The big ones. Looking at the big ones. That's right. Good answer. You're going to go out there first, and you're going to get the big rocks. 
And then after you get the big rocks, you're going to go to the next size down. And pretty soon you're going to have all the rocks gone. But let me ask you a question. Does that take a lot of work? It does, doesn't it? Takes a lot of work. But what happens in our lives is the seed, the seed that God's putting out there, the seed falls on rocky soil. And the people that hear it are excited about it. Man, this is great. That is the truth. Man, I've got to take that. And immediately it takes root, but there's big rocks in their life. And getting rid of rocks is hard work. You seen the the illustration there? And, And the word begins to take sprout in their life. And the word jumps up in their life. And the word bumps up against that addiction. And now they have a choice. Am I going to deal with this rock? And make room for this plant to grow? Or am I just going to leave my addiction there? Or my challenge? Or fill in the blank? So the question for you today is, are you rocky soil? In other words, here's how you know. If you come in here and the music's awesome and you feel God's presence move, and and I preach and God speaks to you through his word, and you walk out here, you're like, yes! And then you walk out to the car and bam! Or the phone rings. Or whatever. And now you have to face a challenge. Am I willing to deal with this rock? But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. This is Jesus talking, by the way, and he knows what he's talking about. So, question for you there if you're rocky soil is are you willing to deal with your rocks? Let's go on to number three. Boy, you are excited about this message today, I can tell. (laughs) Number three. Now we're going to talk about the thorns slash weeds. We're going to talk the thorns and weeds. One version says thorns, another version say weeds. So we're just going to kind of lump them in there. Thorns slash weeds, same kind of stuff. Verse 18, the seed that fell among the thorns, the weeds, represent others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded or choked out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. I'm going to be honest with you today because I feel like that's just the right way I need to be up here. This has been the biggest challenge I've faced as a Christian. I was blessed growing up where I didn't have to deal with a lot of addictions like some of my friends did. Never got into the drug scene or any of those things. I was a pretty, pretty clean-nosed kid. So I didn't have to deal much with number one and number two. But number three... That's been my challenge. That's been my challenge. My ongoing challenge as a believer has been to constantly weed and spray for thorns. While rocks are permanent and you have to get in there and dig them out and remove them, thorns come up seasonally, don't they? Thorns come up seasonally. Weeds come up seasonally. How many of you have gardens? Do you just weed one time? What do you have to do? Every day. Every day. See, rocks are there. You can get the rock, get the rock out, deal with the rock. The rock is gone, right? You catching it? But the weeds, they're constantly coming up. There are these constant challenges coming up, and you can't just deal with them and go on. You have to spray them. You have to dig them out. Again, it takes work. And Jesus says, and here's what those weeds are. 
Those weeds are the worries of life. And notice he says the message is crowded or choked by the worries of this life. Some of you go, Pastor, why every Sunday do you say if I'm facing challenges? Weeds. You can be fine today and have weeds tomorrow. You can be good today and next week you got a thorn bush growing up in the middle of your garden. And I want you to understand something. There's a key to fighting weeds and thorns, and this is it. Write this down because it's not in your notes. Vigilance and determination. Vigilance and determination. When you find a weed in your life, you don't water it. You get rid of it. You know, I was laughing the other day. Trish and I have this joke in our family. Trish loves flowers and everything, and we'll be driving down the road, and we've done this ever since I've known her. We'll be going along. She goes, oh, look at those pretty bushes. What are those? And my answer 99% of the time is weeds. She's gotten now where we'll be driving down the road. She goes, that's a pretty re- a weed. <laughs> Because she knows it's a weed. <laughs> you know. But here's the deal. Weeds look pretty good for a while, don't they? Some weeds are really pretty. But they choke out the real fruit. See, what happens is the weeds get in there and they steal the nutrients from the real plant. Because you can only feed so much. And they get in there and they choke it out. They choke it out. The worries of this life. How am I going to pay the bills? What about my kids? What about this, that, and the other thing? And you can list it. We all have them. I could give you a piece of paper right now and say, write down the top five challenges you're facing. And within 30 seconds, you could probably have a list of 20. Because we all have worries in this life. But he goes on and he also says the lure of wealth. That's where I ran into challenges. I had challenges, of course. But the lure of wealth, I chased money for a long time. And, and get this, there's nothing wrong with having money. There is a problem when money has you. And whenever you talk to somebody and say, hey, man, can you give towards a mission trip? I don't know if I can do that or pay for my bass boat. Right? Somebody goes, ow. See, I'm not talking about hunting, so it's all good. <laughs> but, but the truth is that, that's how it is because what happens is if we, we work to get stuff and then pretty soon we're working because we have to have stuff. Does that make sense? And so really, you're working for your stuff. Your ATV owns you. You walk by in the morning, your ATV's in the garage. You know the one you rode two times last year. (laughs) It's sitting in your garage, and you walk by, and it goes, there's my human. There he goes right there. Look at him. (laughs) Yeah, would you look at that? But that's what happens, right? Remember, whatever you water and feed grows. Whatever you water and feed grows, guys. Man, this is such a simple message. I love the way Jesus taught. This is not hard to understand. It's hard to do. Because this is clear. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who will walk out today not knowing the difference between a good seed and a bad seed. Not knowing the difference between a weed, a challenge in your life. The solution, though, is how you deal with it. And frankly, some of us look out there and we look at all these weeds in our garden and we go, I, you know, let it go. But I want to tell you something today. 
You're here partly because you don't want to just let it go. You may say that, but you don't really mean it. You've just given up hope. It's so overgrown with weeds. The job just looks so monumental. And by the way, remember I'm talking about your life. That you don't know how you can ever get out of this mess. Let me tell you something. You, get, you start getting out there and digging those weeds and Jesus will be right there with you and he'll be helping you dig them up. And here's the other thing that I've learned and God just showed me this right now. You don't have to do it by yourself. Just showed me this right then. Bam! <laughs> How easy is it to clean a garden if you've got 10 people helping you? That's for somebody. That may be for me today. You know, you go, man, I look at my garden. My garden's erect. And your friends go, yep, your garden's erect. Because they all know it. Right? But a real friend will come grab that hoe. So let's get after it. It's not okay that your garden's a wreck. But you don't have to do this by yourself. And pretty soon you've got a church. Let me tell you something. Five minutes of 50 people doing something, and you can get a lot done. And these people can come alongside you, and they can help you clean your garden up and keep your garden clean. But dadgummit, you're going to have to do something. If you're overwhelmed, then raise your hand. I need help. My garden's a wreck. And here's the thing, guys. If you don't get your garden cleaned up, your life, it's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your friends. It's going to affect the generations following you. There are people in this community that will never be reached if you don't clean your garden up. It's just truth. This is just flat out truth. Most of us are country folks. We get this. But he calls us together to be a church family so that we carry each other's burdens. You know, Trish and I say this to you. As a church family, we stand up. You don't have to do this alone. Jesus never intended us to go through life alone. And some of you are out there and you're cracking down on your garden by yourself and there's weeds growing up right behind you. And you need help. And you're going to die unless you get it. You can get help here. Nobody's perfect. Sometimes you may whack each other with a hoe. <laughs> That's all right. It's part of it. It's part of it. But we got to get past it. We got to get past it. And here's the fourth kind of soil. Fourth kind of soil the good soil. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept. And here's what accept means. Believe and put into practice. Hear and accept. It's not just enough to hear it. You have to accept it. You have to put it into practice. Here's what I mean. If you go to the doctor and the doctor says you're 45 pounds overweight and if you don't start eating better in six months you will die. You've heard it. And then part of the process is, and here's what you need to eat. Here's the list. You have a choice to make. I heard him. 
Now am I going to accept it? Am I going to believe it and put it into practice? So today, you've heard this. Are you going to believe it and put it into practice? God, so, and the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept it, who accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as was planted. Think about that. God is not a God of addition. God is a God of multiplication. You know how many people it changes to take, take a, or to change a country? One. One person. One person willing to stand up and make a difference. One person. But what happens when a bunch of us stand up? What happens when a bunch of us stand up? And we start having fruit that's produced like this. In a few weeks, I'm going to roll out a program to the leadership team about where I believe God is calling our church to be. I told you I've been going through a time. I went through a time of discouragement. And now I'm going through a time of enlightenment where I'm coming in here and I'm turning on worship music and I'm waiting until I hear from God, which is difficult for me. Okay? That's difficult for me. Because if you've been around me five minutes, if you can keep up, there's something good about you, okay? Because I'm what you call hyper. <laughs> and I have what you call an urgent personality. I want things done yesterday the way I want them. It's very simple. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I have had to learn to wait on God. Because he's the only one that has the answers. And he's the only one that knows. And he'll tell me if I'll slow down long enough to listen. You too. And he's been speaking to me and showing me things. And now I'm confirming these things. And I'm going to roll it out to the leadership team. And when I get done with them, I'm going to roll it out to you. But here's the end result. If we will adopt and do what God has called us to do, our families will be, re- our, our individual lives will be revolutionized. Our families will be revolutionized. And God will do an amazing work in this region. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. But we have to do our part. We have to do our part. Jesus died so that we could be free. Jesus died so that we could have a blessed life. Jesus died so that we can go to be with him in heaven one day. But it's a lot more than that. He died so that we could reach our families and friends and neighbors. He doesn't just save you for yourself. He saves you to save others. And I love, I was reading the other day where the scripture said, Jesus was talking to Peter and he said, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Now here's a military thing. I'm a military guy. Here's a military thing. Gates don't charge anybody. If you go home today and your gate charges you, call me because that's freaky, man. I mean, that's just crazy. Gates don't do that, do they? What do gates do? Keep stuff in, keep stuff out. Very good. Good job. But they don't go anywhere. They stay right there. So what is the implication? The implication is the church charges the gates of hell. I'm going to tell you what. I want our church to to charge the gates of hell and rescue our friends and neighbors and all those that are hurting and dying. But it's going to take commitment. Folks, that's not going to accidentally happen. We have to be trained. If we're going to be an army, we've got to be trained like one. And I want to tell you something that I learned. 
When I went in and they swore me in the army, matter of fact, we looked at some of that paperwork a while back. I had Sean actually printed me out. The, when you go in and you swear into the army, they're very clear. <laughs> there isn't any guessing about what you just swore into. And the end result is up to and including your life. Up to and including your life. You know, they didn't say, state your name, you're joining the army, do what you want to do. If you feel like getting up in the morning, the sergeants won't bother you. Sleep in as much as you want. Here's a suggested curriculum that you may want to... Con- <laughs> no, doesn't work that way. And yet, many of us in the church, that's how we act. We're the army of the Lord. And many of us don't want to show up when it's time for do, to do something. But what happens when a bunch of us show up prepared and we charge the gates of hell and kick it in? That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. Amen. But I'm not going to tell you that without giving you a way to do it, and that's what I'm working on, a very practical way to do it. Here's my final point today. Soil did not, does not have a choice, but you do. So what soil do you choose to be? See, understand this. Farmland that you see out there, when you see farmland, there have been people in many cases working on it for hundreds of years. See, one time it was a field. I, the, the farm we have down, or the, the ranch we have in uh, Texas, at one time was all wooded. It was all wooded, and it took years of my family going in and clearing that land off and clearing it up, and now it's a big pasture. But it used to not be that way. And your life may look like that. It may look rocky. The soil may be bad. But I want to tell you something. You're not stuck with the soil that you have. You can choose. Lord, my soil stinks, and I made it stink. Or somebody else made it stink. Whatever. Who cares? But I want to do something about it. I don't want to be this way, God. Well, good news. Jesus died so that you don't have to. And there's a church in here that will help you weed your garden. But you have to choose. I promise you this. If I show up to your house and and you say, Pastor Chris, come over. We're going to weed my garden. Woo, come on. And I grab a bunch of guys and we go over to weed your garden and you're sitting on the porch. I'm done. Y'all get after it. You can weed my garden all you want to. Let me tell you something. I'm not weeding your garden. It's not my job. I'll help you weed your garden. Get it? You have a part to play. But if you'll get out there and start working, we'll jump right in there with you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that you're God. And I thank you that you have a plan for our lives. And Lord, I just, I praise you for your goodness and your mercy that's over us. Lord, I thank you for being there for me and taking care of me when I've been a bonehead. Lord, I thank you for for taking care of me. Father, I thank you for all our folks in here. I I know their stories. I know so many of them. and, And we all face our challenges. But your grace is enough. Your amazing grace that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. On our worst day, 
you died for us. And we have betrayed you. And we crucified you. The creator of the heavens and the earth. The God of the universe. It wasn't a cross that killed you. It was love. And you hung there for us. And I pray right now, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you will move in this place. And as we've looked and we're honest with ourselves about our lives, many of us look and see a mess. And we don't know how we're going to change, and we don't know what we're going to do, and we can't even think of the next step. But you are there. You leave the 99 for the one. And if that's you today, if you're that one, you're that one. You're sitting here and you're hurt. You go, Pastor, that is me. Either you need to dedicate your life to the Lord or you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. But that's you. You're dealing with a mess and you need help. If that's you, just come down to the altar. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Just come to the altar. I want our prayer partners to come. And we're going to pray with you. This is the day to get some of that stuff fixed. Or if you're here today and you're facing challenges in your life, maybe you've got a physical need, maybe you've got a financial need, maybe you've got messed up relationships, whatever it is, He is able. And not only is God able to do something about your situation, He wants to, but you have to do your part. And that means you need to reach out in faith to Him. So whatever it is you're dealing with, come down to the front. This is a loving church. This is the most loving church I've ever been around. We will pray for you. We're not going to judge you. We just want you to get the help you need to have the life that he called you to have. Just stay in an attitude of prayer for a moment. Amazing love. 
my King would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. And it's my joy to honor you in all I do. I Some of these people are making the biggest decision in their lives. Some of these people, you know how brave you have to be sometimes to step forward? Let's pray for them. Just pray for them.
all stand up this morning. God is good. God is good and God is real. It's not just about words, folks. It's not just about words. We've seen God move. You've seen God move. Press into him. Amen. Press into him. Believe him. Accept that word. Amen. Put your hand on your hearts this morning. Father, I just thank you today for your word and your power. And, Lord, I thank you that this seed has gone on good ground. And, Lord, it's going to grow. And, Father, I pray today that the fruit, the harvest that comes will be good. Lord, I pray that it will penetrate deep down. And, Father, we'll bring forth an amazing harvest in our lives, 30, 60, 90, 100%, 100 return. And I thank you for it, Lord. Bless us as we leave this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you go. Give a couple people a hug today when you head out. If you don't want to hug, I'm give them a high five. Just real quick, one other quick announcement. If I can have your attention just one second, just one second. Um, Angela just sent a message through Clint, and she's needing a couple of more adult volunteers, five. <laughs> she got down there, and, and she's going to need some more adults. So if you've got some time during the day today, you don't have to spend the night. Everybody said, praise the Lord. <laughs> but we need help. She needs some help today, Monday during the day, and Tuesday during the day. So if you've got any time that you can go down and help with some cooking or some different general things, it's in Imboden, so it's pretty close by. But if, if you're interested in that, everybody see Clint right here? Wave your hand, Clint. Come see Clint. We'd appreciate your help. Thank you. Glad to be back. I, I didn't I, miss I, it. I miss it.